This is professional radio, gentlemen. That's front wheel drive. Sorry, have you got anyone you want to thank? Just myself. And now we do the after hours. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, what would you go for? Thanks to your Okay, and because it's not a supercar. It is. It's not. Automotive perfection comes in the form of two letters, A and U. Long live my LTD. Welcome to Car Talk. It's me, Matty J, joined by Rob, Edward Bunting, Adrian, Scotty Doe, and Mr. Rizzy Ross. What's happening, guys? Hello, Matthew. Yeah, Hello, Matty. What Took a us... clean intro. You didn't stuff that up at all. No. Not no, once. Not once. Not no. twice, but, but three times. Uh, thrice. Thrice. So let's, let's glance over that. Uh, how are we, gentlemen? We'll go around the rooms. Uh, uh, hopefully, you guys are all doing well. We'll start with Mr. Rob. What's happening with you? Been a while since we've had you on the show. Yeah, I've actually been away for a, oh, a good 10 days. Nice. Uh, went up to the Flinders Ranges on, on motorcycles. Nice. I mean, lovely. Yeah. So it's a, a lovely 20-odd degrees every day, 21, 20 degrees up there. Beautiful. All Flinders Ranges up in the Arkaroa. Matt Invite. Uh, do you ride a motorbike? I'll ride a push bike. I'll push ride bike. a motorbike. I'll go. Off-road? Yeah, I could, oh, I could do it. You can do it? Next time. <laughs> I mean, I'm not very good at it, but I could I'd get by. <laughs> We've done just under 3,000 kilometres over the nine-day period, 10-day period. Nice. That's um, awesome. I came across a lot of um, caravanners, the Grey Army up there, towing their caravans, swaying all over the road. Yeah. Yeah. A um, couple of car- – it was real funny. We pulled into a service station and a caravaner pulled in, but he hit a bollard as he pulled in. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> standard. Fuel pump? Nah, just a bollard near the fuel pump. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty standard. Pretty standard. Uh, but uh, it's good to have you back, mate. Uh, updates with your cars? Anything in particular? Or yeah, I started moving my cars to me, my man cave. I'm I'm doing up, so we get the flooring done and um, get the LED lighting and paint the ceilings black and all that sort of stuff. And where's the man cave, Rob? Oh, I I can't say. It's top secret. But is it close like, to your close to your house though? That's within 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, for perfect. Yeah, so uh, so I got the a couple of cars down here. I'll get a. Uh, a four post uh, parking voice put in so I can put some more cars down there. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just start putting up the TV screens, the old BMX bikes and all that sort of stuff. I'll start hanging up and turning it into a we, bit of a... We can yeah. come and hang out there and have a beer. When it's all done. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it just needs some time to do it. Just, um, yeah, I'll, I'll get started on the weekends and start the painting, get the floor resin coated in the main parking area and then get a bit of timber um, floor work happening as well so we'll see how i go i'll need to get wi-fi down there so i can maybe have a show down here or something yeah that'd be great that would be awesome i think starlink's available everywhere (laughs) (laughs) rizzy ross what's happening with you my man been a while it has it has um now i don't know if you know obviously there's there's someone on this on, on this particular podcast episode that uh you know has had new vehicles recently delivered and it's not me it's not me it, it, i wonder who it is but you know apart from uh picking up some vehicles with a friend of mine uh <laughs> we won't say who i've just been yeah busy 
someone said about two weeks ago that they mistook me. They thought I worked for TMZ. You know the you know the TMZ the, yeah. the the paparazzi people that chase after you know celebrities and other things. Yeah, I was chasing after a transporter with Tesla Model Ys. Oh yeah, you oh. Yeah. So you know, apparently things things just sort of took off from there. Not that it was very exciting, and um, yeah, just, so did that, and then t- this week randomly got a call. I was supposed to go to Sydney uh, for some conference and then a European sports car company called saying, do you want to go to Brisbane for a private track day? Oh, far out. For vehicles that uh, haven't really been launched yet. But it's a luxury European sports car maker. And they, they just called me yesterday and yes, yeah, so I'll be flying up on Thursday. So I'll fill you guys in next, next week. What, what that's about. Can we guess the brand? Is does it start with P? Yes. Okay. All right. Oh. And it, it, it ends with Orsh. Yeah. <laughs> a Persia, a Persia. Sorry, Persia. Yeah. <laughs> so they're they're launching their um uh Taken GTS and 911 GTS. Well, okay. And uh yeah, they said that you know it's I don't know, it's it's a private track in between Brisbane and Gold Coast where they've got these cars. So I'll see what that's like. I've never done anything like this before. So fill fill the peeps in on that. I I don't know how I can write nice things about Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but we'll see. But no, apart from that, um, cars have been cars have been good. And I placed an order on another car Ooh, after yeah. I got my deposit back for the four hundred Z. Oh, what you get? What you put your order for? I, I don't know. Let's just say I won't get it for a year and a half or so. Oh, okay. Tesla Model Y. No. Oh, my, my brother, I helped my brother order a Model Y performance. Mm. So he'll get that in probably by December, surprisingly. Okay. And they reckon they've got, um, well, from the data that we're sort of looking at, 11,500 orders in under a week. Wow. Yikes. Um, so, and that's none of those cars are eligible for subsidies and Rob would know with the car that, you know, Harley and yourself picked up that had a $3,000 subsidy, but there's no subsidy on these cars. And some of the model three performances are now on car sales selling 440 grand. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's what's, uh, cracker lacking. And there's a couple of other electric cars launching the BYD will be here two weeks time. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, you're not getting the 400Z anymore. That's that's the end of it. Unfortunately, it is because I just yeah I, I couldn't park it anywhere. That was one of the issues, and the other issue I had was the the doctor that you know not Doctor Bunting, <laughs> the, the, the the doctor from Canberra, the real the real one, the the, the, the basically the same doctor that basically gave greg hunt the flick um (laughs) he he's he didn't take up on the offer from what i put out there so i guess someone else who really wants the car but i haven't heard anything more i'm not even sure when it will be coming out because september october maybe yeah they've said august but we'll we'll find out i suppose that's all from him uh scotty doe 
don't have any car news at all. I uh, haven't done anything. The transmission's still sitting in the shed. Um, that's that's it. Been boring. That's Nothing the birthday transmission, isn't it, Scotty? That is my birthday present, yes, <laughs> for me. Transmission. <laughs> I never got a transmission for my birthday. Oh, well, you know, up, it's, coming, it's coming up in like a week and a half. So, you know, if anyone wants to get me a gearbox, I'm, I'm open. <laughs> or a Tarago. <laughs> I don't even need, none of my cars need gearboxes. Mm. Right. I have one just in case. <laughs> okay. Adriano. Same what? old. Same old? Same old. Adrian, I haven't seen you in a while. What do you drive these days? Yeah, just the M3. That's it. That's your only car. That's my only car. Wow. I don't have space for another car. Okay. Are you still at Autobahn, Adrian? No, nah, no, nah, I left there a long time ago. Oh. Where are, you at, are you at Super Cheap now? <laughs> nah. Nah, I work <laughs> at ASV Euro Car Parts. Oh, so there awesome. are um, European car wreckers. So, like, all the shops and stuff, they, like, call up. As in, like, mechanic shops and panel shops. They call up and they say they either need panels or engines or whatever it is. And we supply them all. Do you so, do a lot of Volkswagen Golf motors? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything That's... for the Volkswagen Carmen gears? Nah, nothing oh, that okay. old, unfortunately. <laughs> we do have a few Teslas in there. Salvaged? Yeah. Oh, really? Model S and Model... Yeah, there's a Model 3. I think that's so, the ones that we normally get. So how does it work? Is, is it like a... It's, it's a wreckers, right? So you can yeah. pull parts off it? Yeah, so instead of being like a um, like you pull it wreckers, like for instance, like pick a part, what it is is what dismantlers. So they have a list of all the parts to take off the cars. Yeah. So we take off everything that sells, um, and then we put them on the shelves. And when people ask, they're sitting there ready to go. Oh, cool. So yeah, it's all right. Can't can't complain. It's a job. So yeah, apart from that, same old man. I haven't really. Touch the car, not interested in touching it. Yeah, just kind of fallen out of love with it for a bit. Oh. But it is what it is. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Are you looking for another project then, Adrian? No, I need to find a daily. But the problem is it's just the space. I just don't have anywhere to put two cars. I've heard lasers go really well. They do. No, I'm thinking another E46. Something. Oh, yeah. Why? Why the pain? Car. Why the pain? I don't I understand. Get parts, like cheaper. That's a punishment. Yeah, he, he is absolutely. Scott, he's a sucker punishment. He just, he just, he's like, he's like, he loves just facing broken window regulators, broken window. Uh, yeah, but they're worth peanuts regulators. to me. That's why I love it. <laughs> Literally worth peanuts. It's true because they will break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's why I'm trying to find a cheaper E46, but. It's just a matter of space. We'd all put the M3 in the meantime. Mm. So, but yeah, it's the same old. Can't complain. Did any of you guys go to the Autobahn Craigieburn car show on the weekend? Nah, I saw it. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I stopped off at Pet Barn. I saw it was packed. I'm like, what the hell? And I just saw all the cars and thought, uh, and so <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even bother um, going to it, but I heard about it on Facebook. Just, it just, just looked busy. All the cars just, I know, they're just normal cars I see in normal parking lots every day. 
Mm. Were they expecting like a highball type of <laughs> event outside Autobahn? Yeah, you see, the, this is the problem. Yeah, it's I thought at least see Volkswagen Golf, but I didn't. Yeah, I know. I, I, was, I was expecting because when you put it in the in in discussion, you were like, uh, I was like, oh, let me guess, eighty sixes and <laughs> no, no, because you see, this is what's happened. When I was there, and I was actually had a good thing going for Autobahn. I had it where it was all about the community and the community that we had around that store is in the cars. You're talking hot rods and everything old. But then as soon as Autobahn turned around and said, no discounts for anybody like regulars or not, you know, five, 10%, whatever it is, everybody left. No one wanted to shop there because they, why are they going to go shop at a place that they're spending Retail on when you can go down to super cheap and you can go spend, you know, five, ten percent less because you've got a cool car. So since then, everybody just died off and they've all gone their own ways. And then they tried to bring back the whole sound meat thing, which is what's called DB drags, which is a shame because I have been to a DB drags where it was good, but the whole sound industry died. So there's no one going to those anymore either. So, mm. but no, I, I think is, is that sort of reflective of, I know we're getting quite deep into this, but is that reflective of just the general car culture now after COVID? No, it's not really the car culture. It's more what things used to be and the way that things used to be run was very community orientated. Having that community, it's just gone. Mm. That no, no one cares about it anymore. <clears throat> when, when you go take a look at the places that aren't about community, like say, for instance, your Autobahn Epping, your Autobahn Sunbury, they're two of the biggest stores when it comes to Autobahn, and yet they are all about the community. They do car shows. They have that fan base around them because of the fact that it's just not how much profit can we make. Yeah, the Sunbury one's done quite a few fundraisers and things for oh, the community. Yeah. And do. They do a lot for Sunbury. Yes, they are massive into the four-wheel drive scene. Yeah. You go down there, go with your four-wheel drive, they give you money off, like you, whatever you're buying. It, it, it's just it's just disappointing that this is what is coming out of companies that used to be massive, that were, were big when it came to community. Have they changed um, ownership through like a larger organisation, a corporate private equity um, partnership or anything like that, or is it still it's, privately it's, owned, family owned? No, no, it's, it's, it's all owned through BAPCOR now. So they, they've been owned by BAPCOR for quite a number of years. Okay. And they just keep acquiring stores. So they're trying to get rid of all the um, privately owned stores and they're trying to get everything to corporate. The problem okay. is, is when you go everything to corporate, like you look at, you know, arguments sake, okay? You look at Autobahn now, it's what Super Cheap used to be about five, ten years ago. You look at super cheap now, super cheap has now taken that community side of things and run with it. So they are what Autobahn used to be five, ten years ago. So it, it's it's swapped over and it's all because the higher ups just don't think about the money. They think about the people around them. They think about, okay, if we've got a community, okay, we lose five, ten percent on whatever order they've just put through, but they're going to keep coming back. And if they keep coming back, then we've made the money back on it. Doesn't Autobahn have a loyalty card like Super Cheap? Nope. 
Okay. Nope, nothing like that. They tried to bring these car shows in as into all the corporate stores to fundraise and you know, try to get you know, money back through the doors because of COVID, and it's bitten them in the ass. It's, it's just disappointing. That, that That's the way I see it. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, watch this space, I guess. Isn't that right, Mr. Uh, Mr. Adrian? We'll just watch the space. Yeah, just you see what's going on. What more can we say? I, I still rather go to the Northern Girl Meets, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. They're, they're at least a good community based, and Mac is absolutely thrives and loves it. Yeah. So, what, what more can you ask? Yeah, absolutely. Edward, updates with you. I've been driving around in my Gen 1 Subaru Liberty wagon, which um, I'm really enjoying that. Nice, talky old thing, very soft in the, in the ride and the seats. And it's just very, it's very comfy. Uh, and everyone that's gotten in it has gone, gee, this is a comfy car. And I'm like, yeah, they, they sort of were good at doing comfy cars back then. Now it's all, you know, very firm suspension and big bling wheels uh, that you crash over potholes in. But back then it was a bit about compliance and a nice thick tyre sidewall. Um, so that's good. I'm getting some work done on it this week and it's going in on Saturday to have the front and rear bars painted um, just to get rid of some scuffs on them. And then... Other than that, I detailed it on the weekend. The interior carpets have had a little bit of attention. The uh, paintworks had a little bit of a buff. So it's looking pretty damn good. I also picked up on Saturday a Honda Civic VTI sedan, like an 08 model, which is that Ooh. sort of slightly spacey looking shape with the digital dash. Gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a bright red car that has spent some years outside, but one owner and very good mileage, only done 80,000 K. Um, so I detailed that on the weekend too. So that took a bit of cleansing, but it's come up really nicely. The paint paint's very good on that car. I've got to get a couple of little things done, like the aircon needs fixing and it needs a service, but I'll get that done over the next week or so. And then that'll be on the market along with the Scooby-Doo. I did go and have a look at a Mercedes E200 compressor, like that bug eye shape, W210. Mm-hmm. Not the best engine they did in that model and not the best model they did um full stop but one owner and seemingly reasonable value um so i've sort of made an offer on it if i can get it at a particular price i'll buy it but if i if not well so be it uh, and i think that's all i've been playing with in the last week or two ed how are you finding the uh, obviously the used car market at the moment with obviously doing the cars up and then trying to sell them how are you finding that is it easy enough to find buyers well, an example is that Orion that I had. I sold that to a guy from Brisbane. Um, so he flew down, drove it home. He's wrapped with it because, I mean, it was a lovely car. It was stupidly low mileage and everything like that. So there was nothing wrong with the car itself. But that was on the market for, I reckon, three weeks before I got I got his phone call. Um, mm. And then he actually had a mob come and check it out, you know, like a... Um, RACV type of... It was thing. like a Red Book inspection yeah. on it. And they said, look, the thing's next to perfect the guy was wrapped he goes oh normally the cars i check out are all rat shit you know but he said it was so nice to look at your orion because it was just so clean and yeah low mileage and everything so so look you know how hot's the car market used it sat there for three weeks with bugger all interest and then Mm -hmm. i had one guy and he was the one guy that bought it and he's wrapped with it but i didn't have 20 people bashing my door down to get it now granted i was asking reasonable money for it like i you know, it wasn't a seven or eight grand car. I was asking sort of 15 grand for it or a bit mm. more. But 
that was really just due to the fact that it had done 35,000K, you know. That's pretty much a new car. Yeah, there were Orions out there for sort of 10, 11, 12 that had done 80, 90, 100,000K. So Mm. that's where I was like, well, this is better than that. So maybe it was just a case of, you know, I was asking not, not super low money for it. But it will be interesting to see the Civic, how quickly that goes. And the Subi's a bit more specialist. That's a bit more nerdy, vintage, you know someone who's got a bit of nostalgia and wants one of those in particular. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So I think, um, yeah, the car market is still fairly hot. There's not a lot of stock around, but I don't think stuff's flying off the shelf like maybe people think it is. Mm, no. Watch this space with that. Matthew? Uh, updates with me. So my sister's Forrester, the clutch was... It hasn't been the best over the last probably month. And she's like, can you drive my car? She's like, I think I think the clutch is just, I think something's really wrong with it. So, um, and then I drove it. And I was like, whoa, something's definitely wrong with this clutch. So it's, and I don't think the clutch is that old because, you know, when I had the motor, I had the clutch done. Um, so I was like, okay, well, basically when you put your foot on the clutch, it'd be just nothing until like right at the end. So uh, so took it into, into runners and, He's like, oh, it could be a range of things. It could be a slow cylinder. It could be this. It could be that. But it ends up, ended up being the uh, the clutch pressure plate um, has just just kind of just failed. So uh, he's like, it's a shame because the rest of the clutch is fine, um, but we'll have to just replace that. So that's going in on Monday to get done. So that's gearbox out. Gearbox out, yeah. Gearbox out, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's, it's it's not a terribly hard job, but it's it's a big job. So. Uh, but they reckon they can have it done within a day or so. So that's booked in for next Monday to get in and out. Um, so she's driving the laser at the moment. <clears throat> Sorry, Maddie. Just make sure she doesn't keep her foot on the clutch when she drives it. Mm. Yeah, I, I said that to her. I said, you've been riding the clutch a bit or, or just keeping your foot on that on that pedal. And, you know, because, it, you know, it's it's quite easy to do. She's like, no. She's like, I take it. I was just, it's just, I hopped in it one morning and it was like, this doesn't feel right. And you know next minute needs a clutch so so yeah that's kind of that with with that car so uh i was just surprised at like because I, I hadn't driven it in a while and when i went to drive i was like wow this this feels really odd like the clutch has never felt this bad before so is that a modern uh sorry a modified um clutch because the no, modified? no it's just like like the standard clutch can take up to like 100 or 250 odd kilowatts so it was more than enough it's just a standard clutch yeah. um so that was yeah that's going to get done. And it was hard because she's like, I can't put it into gear sometimes. Like, cause like, you know, mm. th- there wasn't really much, you know, play in the, on the pedal. And she's like, I, sometimes I, I'd, I'd be crunching gears because I just can't get the car into gear. It just wouldn't let me go. So she'd have to like, kind of, um, you know, press the pedal a few times and, and then get into gear. So it got to the point where it's pretty undrivable um, from first gear. So you would go, go driving it from second everywhere and using the torque to just kind of, you know, not shift gears as much. So that's what's happening with that. Took out a few of the cars. Good for you to know, Scotty, that the, uh, the Mercedes-Benz has been driving quite a bit. I've put about six days on it in the last seven days. I've been driving it a fair bit. Nothing wrong with it yet. It's still good. <laughs> so I, I don't know how that's, how that's happened, but it's touch wood. It's, uh, it's managing. I think. I, I think it is too. I think it's, it's actually been quite good I, I like but then i said to myself well i've really fixed everything there's nothing really to go wrong left mm. so 
that's uh, that's been working. Uh, LTD is fine working. Um, what else? Yeah, MR2 I drove on all over the weekend, so I you know, I swapped between that and the and the Merc to take Thomas um, in the back seat. Obviously, there's no back seat in an MR2, so so there was that. But yeah, apart from that, it's been been really really flawless uh, kind of car ish news for me this week. Maddie, yeah. I heard you bought a, a Ubuque sound system. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the one that oh, never okay. came. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bang and Olsen, wasn't it? Bang and Olsen, yes. How many uh, speakers? How many speakers? Eight or four? Supposed to be ten, and ten. I had six. Uh, six, okay. So, mm. yeah, not not ideal. Uh, I've written a letter of complaint, and I've sent that through, uh, waiting to hear back from them. So hopefully hear back soon to see if they can do me something better than the slap in the face offer that they gave me. But um, just just on those sound system uh, manufacturers, mm. they seem to be going through quite a bit of trouble in the U.S. at the moment. With uh, they also make vehicles, of course, and they're going into a whole lot of trouble uh, dealing with their car dealers at the moment, who are jacking up the price of their new vehicles by twice the much twice the RRP is what well. they're asking. So, as an example, one of their one of their utilities priced at seventy thousand US dollars. Dealer selling it for one hundred and forty nine. So, and there seems to be some, um, yeah, some some issues around around that, and they can't seem to convince the dealers to do the right thing. And in the end, the consumers are suffering pretty much everywhere, unfortunately. So, yeah, they're not only not putting enough sound system. The speakers into their the vehicles to, to, to those that purchase their sound systems, but also, yeah, the actual vehicle business they have is uh, is in a little bit of a trouble because of the dealership network. Yeah, so uh, I think I think they're. I mean, it's pretty well spoken about online uh, about what what they're doing, and nobody's really impressed. And but the proof's in the pudding. If people are still buying it, they're going to keep they're going to keep doing it. So yeah, I guess it's kind of uh, a little bit annoying. But getting to know the car a bit more now with the, the Fiesta, it's, it's done seven hundred k's, and um, you know, finally the, the the little interesting things about it and and features that I do like. And I had a, I had it on cruise control the other day, and I went to cha- went to change gears and put it into sixth, and I was in fifth to put the sixth. And I took my foot off the clutch and I went to go reset the cruise, but it does it automatically. Mm. So, so I thought that was kind of cool on a manual, which I've never, I've never driven a car that's done that before. Like when you've, when you've changed gears and, um, and it automatically puts it back to, um, to, to where you need to go. So I thought that was a pretty cool little nifty little feature, which I, which I didn't really know about. And, uh, and a few, a few other little bits and bits of, uh, bits of cool things that, I, that I'm finding out along the way. So it's, it's not as a, Techy as the as the Tesla is, Ross, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of yeah, you know, it's got its own little quirks and cool little things, and and now the engine's running in and breaking in a little bit more. It's it's getting quite talky, and the fuel economy is getting a lot better. So, um, averaging about seven liters, which is mm-hmm. which is not bad. Um, so and that's and that's coming down every day. So that's yeah. Overall, is it 90, 98 only? And I can do ninety five. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, they bought a Fiesta. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, cheers, dude. I don't know you bought one. Enjoying it and see how we see how we go with it. But that's uh, 
but that's that for for my car updates, gentlemen. Now on to tonight's topic, though, which 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 is uh something that I wanted to talk to you about now. In the space, the automotive space, as, as we know, there is big change coming. There is the electric car space, which which Mister uh, Mister Rizzy Ross and Mister Rob have already jumped on the bandwagon of into the, into the, into the electric world. But there are new cars coming over the, over the next few, like year and a bit. Um, I want to know what you guys get excited or, or are getting excited for because there are some really really cool cars that are that are going to drop. Where, I mean, what are you guys excited for? I'm very excited for the Corolla GR. I reckon that's going to be really epic. I, I cannot wait to see that. I know a guy that's already put an order for one. He's got a current Corolla hybrid and he loves it. And he's like, well, imagine this, but with, you know, actual power. <laughs> so, uh, so he, it was funny though. He, he picked up his, he picked up his Corolla. Yeah. He bought a brand new. And then on the same day he picked up, he's like, oh, I'll put a thousand dollars on a, on another one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, nice to have money. Um, so he's he's kind of done that, and uh, but yeah, that's the one. I, that's the one I'm definitely looking forward to. But what about you guys? Where uh, what are you looking forward to, and why? I'm looking forward to yeah, a whole bunch of interesting stuff coming in. You know, be it the Japanese import K cars or um, the BYD, you know, style of electric Chinese vehicles. Much as there's part of me that hates it. There's part of me that's going to be sort of a bit intrigued to see what juicy stuff ends up here that we we haven't traditionally had. Um, those import laws are changing when July first, I think, very soon. So there'll be cars coming in that yeah that we haven't seen the likes of before. Which I don't know. At least it keeps life a bit spicy, I suppose. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that having having options and I mean, if you're able to buy a car overseas cheaper and bring it over, and, and the spec that you want, and, and and whatever you and whatever you desire, and you can get it there, absolutely, it's going it's going to really change the game. But the issue is, can you get cars at the moment? And the issue, is, and the answer is really no. Uh, so it's, I think this will, I think this game will kind of really play out in in the next few years in in particular. But um, I guess the the whole idea behind a Aussie delivered, as we mentioned before, X Trail to like a Japanese delivered X Trail, mm. um, you know. Is there going to be a much of a discrepancy in price? I don't really think so at this point. Uh, I think because it's because we're so we're so open with with our uh, with it hope, with, with with it soon. I think I think the whole stigma behind a grey import is going to be going to really really change. Yeah, they'll definitely be cheaper. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't bring them in, you know. But it's um, there'll there'll be opportunities to buy cars yeah cheaper than the local versions, and that will just fuel that whole area of the market and servicing and parts and everything will. It will ramp up alongside all of that. Is there any age limit on those cars being imported? I don't know about that. They are. They've got, to, they've got to meet certain criteria. No, there's no age limit in terms of you can you bring in new stuff. Yeah. yeah, they've got to meet certain criteria, be it performance or environmental or whatever. But if you read through the five or so criteria, it's pretty much <laughs> covers most things. So yeah, so definitely new or near new stuff will come in. From, from other right-hand drive markets. Not just Japan, but that's sort of the most logical one. So if you want a 911 Porsche or something like that from England, mm-hmm. you'll be able to get one for a couple hundred thousand dollars cheaper. Doesn't matter. Bring it in. <laughs> get Bring it in. in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What about, uh, what about you guys? Um, Riz, what are, you, what are you looking forward to that's coming in soon? Um, I think, as Ed said, the BYDs would be quite interesting because ground-up electric cars that are, you know, relatively affordable. You know, that I think that, that would be interesting. But I'm, I'm really, really excited about 
you know, what is the future of K cars? Mm. And I know Nissan's sort of actually launched a, or they did a sort of a release of their future K car, uh, which I'll share in the chat with you. It's called the Nissan Sakura. All right. And I think at the price that they think it's going to be and the kind of car it is, it's mainly an inner city sort of, you know, K car, small car to get around. I, I would buy that any day. Oh, like, it looks, I mean, it looks really cool. It's, it, yeah, it's that combination of that K car, maybe not in that really pale pink, <laughs> but, I'll, you know, and I, I think something like that with somewhat of latest safety technology and the rest, and they reckon it's going to be priced around, you know, between 18 and 22,000 US dollars. So anything around 25 grand, that is a mode of transportation. Um, and it's little tiny fun thing to, you know, drive around in. I think if, if that complies with the safety rules in Australia and it comes here, I think there's a market for this. Um, okay. So that's from the Japanese car makers. That's what I'm really sort of interested in. And Matty, you were saying about the Corolla GR at, at my office where I'm based, as I've mentioned before, wheels and motor magazine are there. And one of those people that works for them drives around in this press Toyota, um, what is the Yaris GR? Mm-hmm. And it's just parked. Most of the weekends just parked there. Nobody's using it. It's just, yeah, like I said, parked outside this office building. And it makes me really sad because there's people that would really want to be able to drive that on the weekends. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'll send you the address, Maddie. You just bring in some wheel chocks and a couple of other things. We'll just, we'll move it. Yeah, I like the sound of that, Rizzy Ross. Taya, Taya, just to, to go on your point with, with the with, with the Sakura, uh, I know you said no to the pink, but I reckon the pink goes with your eyes. I reckon it looks really nice. Um, secondly, uh, secondly, imagine driving that to Sakura picnic in your Sakura. So that would be... Oh, that's cool. That would be actually cool. I actually really like it. I think it's a funky looking little car. I reckon it looks really cool. And because um, Nissan have just been boring for like, God, so long until, until like the 400 came out. Now, this is kind of a really interesting little car, and I would totally understand why people would buy this because, yeah, if it's let's say it's got a range of like 300 Ks, right? And if you're only living around the city, that'd be the perfect city car. Easy to park, easy to use. Like, ah, oh, dude, that'd be just amazing. I totally would, would, would get behind that. And then this, this segment basically is non existent anymore, right? The micro is yeah. not there anymore. Mitsubishi hasn't gotten the Mirage is gone. Um, Suzuki's Altos and Solarios are no longer sold. So, you know, and, and, and MG capitalized on that with that MG3. I think there's an equivalent electric one that they're talk, talking about called, I think it's MG4, mm-hmm. uh, that may be launching. So this mini sort of, you know, semi-K car, small hatchback segment, I think needs a resurrection. And hopefully we can see that from the Japanese as well as the Chinese brands moving forward. Well, you know what I saw yesterday? Uh, oh, sorry, this morning on my way to work, I saw a Renault Zoe. Oh, yes. And I'm like, I completely forgot about those. Like, like that, we, we did sell, what, five here? <laughs> we didn't sell many at all. And that the sad part is Renault pulled it off the market 
And that's when the subsidies sort of started to come in. But that was nearly, I think, a $60,000 car. It was. And I, I was just like, for the money, no wonder why it didn't sell because it was just, it's, you could, you could buy now, well, if you can get one, uh, like a base model three for cheaper than that. And, 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 you know, this is, this is how the, 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 they've evolved, right? I went to a BMW uh, dealership, did a launch of their iX and i4s recently. And as I walked into this dealership, they had an, a brand new BMW i3, mm-hmm. which they don't sell anymore. And this, this car had a price on the windscreen, 94 grand <laughs> for a BMW i3. I don't know if this is a museum piece or what it is, but that was at um, um, Beverly BMW, Ed. Mm. And it just, yeah, I wonder if it's still there. Next time I'm driving past, I'll take Hopefully. a photo. <laughs> but it's just, you know, those sort of cars at 94 grand and Zoe at 60 is not worth it. Whereas something like the Sakura at like 25, 27 grand. All day, all day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I need to bounce. No worries, Adrian. Uh, they head off. Oh, Adrian. Uh, but it was good to good see you, Adrian. Yep, you too, man. Have a good night, and I'll see you all hopefully next week. Sounds good, man. Bye. Ed, did you sell many i3s? No, not many. You know, there were a handful that went out of... Because not every dealer was an i-dealer. So Melbourne, where I worked, was. But, um, yeah, not every dealer, initially anyway, had the the ability to sell i-cars. So so we did a handful of i8s and, you know, handfuls of, yeah, i3s. They were an interesting car. I, I quite liked... I quite like the idea behind it, even if I wouldn't necessarily like the look of it. Um, but the drive of it was great, and the and the idea was great, and the recyclability and sustainability of that car was great. Um, it just didn't look as attractive as I might like for something you're paying that much money for. Um, and the range wasn't amazing either. You know, it was sort of 180 or 200k range, whereas now you know Rizzi's Teslas are getting you know almost triple that. So. Were they around that price brand new, like a hundred grand, or were they? Uh, they were sort of seventy-five, yeah. eighty. Um, okay. Yeah, they were sort of in the sevens and low eights, depending on which variant you got. So no, they weren't that much new. But I think it's just classic case of everything, you know, supply and demand. There ain't a lot of electric vehicle choice out there, and um, yeah, if they can think they can get that, why not? Rhys, you might know. Are they going to bring any electric utes to the country? Uh, there is one by LDV is launching one in New Zealand called the, the T60 that they have here. There's an ET60 that's already basically going to be launched, I think, in September, October in New Zealand. And part mm. of the reason is New Zealand subsidies were a lot better. I think they were like eight grand New Zealand dollars compared to like every state and territory have their own. And now maybe the federal government will do something with the fringe benefit tax. But I think the Chinese will probably win that race as well with the electric youth space. And I think the, so. the change for fleets will sort of be mandated by the federal and state governments. And, you know, they will be encouraged we're doing some work at the moment with the council and um, it's basically a plan to electrify the whole fleet and upgrade their depot and what charging infrastructure they're going to need. And as part of that, like he, this council has 120 youths 
that's just council owned pool utes that they use for whatever they've got to do around the council area and to upgrade those you know i don't see anything in the market at the moment but um i think in probably 12 to 24 months there will be a, a, a lot quite a big range like in the uk the vans nissan sells an electric van their Renault sells an electric van mercedes does here we haven't got anything hasn't hyundai got an electric van uh i don't know well, definitely not in australia okay but i'm not sure if they do have something in the uk but the van space is pretty big in the UK compared to Utes. Yeah, I know Transit, four Transit's bringing one out. Yeah, that would be cool. So there's a couple of things happening in that space, but I think the Ute market is definitely something that I think the Chinese will win in. Um, so let's just watch this space. I mean, Rob, you're the big Ford guy. The yeah. F-150 Lightning, is that happening? Is, are we actually getting that? or Because or, <laughs> they've, they've announced the F-150, but they haven't announced the F-150 Lightning yet. There's talk about it, and I, I believe they registered a name, but that's as far as I I know. Mm. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, we've got to watch this space with the Ford, but it'll be way too expensive. It'll be priced out of, um, you know, most people's um, price range, I would say. Mm. It'll be in a sort of... Um, Sort of low, sort of one hundreds, one twenty. I would say, one thirty. Yeah, it'd be a lot of money. I guess that's kind of basically where where the, where that company is because they're yeah. So well, if 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 this is the price and that's it. So I I don't really know what they're going to do. Uh, I think that I think that because they've got like a massive waiting list in the states. I believe like a huge waiting list, and that's why the people are charging. What what did you say, Riz? Uh, one hundred and forty grand. One hundred and forty grand for. A, a- I mean, F-150 Lightning, is an, it, it, it's, it's the car that will sort of bring most people in America to wanting to believe that this is happening type of thing. But I think supply-wise, regardless of how big Ford is, they're going to have so much trouble in sourcing battery materials and getting the batteries because I don't think they're making their own. And even the supply agreements are pretty limited as such, like for, for, a, for a ute that needs, like the Hummer ute, I think, was has a 200 kilowatt hour battery pack. Compare that with like a base model, sort of Tesla Model 3, which I know is a smaller car, but 55, 60 kilowatt hours. Yeah. So basically you can have three, three and a half of Tesla Model 3 battery packs in a Hummer. And I think the Ford F-150 is around 100 or 120 um, kilowatts as well so i i think they're going to struggle to make it and as sort of rob's saying that we probably won't get it till 2024 25 i mean ed and i, ed and I were with, with someone on, on saturday and he was like he's not a massive car guy but he was like all about i'd buy one he's like i'd buy an f-150 lining tomorrow if i could so I, I guess like i know the shortages and stuff have really come into play here but do you think that if we do get it the infrastructure is going to by that by that point will be a lot better or do you think it's just we're still going to be in the same same kind of po- some kind of boat um i think infrastructure wise we basically every fleet every depot every business every office space is going to need charging points um it's just the way the you know the electrification thing works right we don't wait till it's 10% or 50k is left in the tank before you recharge your battery. You sort of 
top it up whenever you can. So you go out, you do what you've got to do. You come back, you know, you might've used 30% of it. You plug it in every morning you leave with a hundred percent. So there is public charging infrastructure that's going into place, but I think what would really help because they're talking at the moment with, you know, the electricity grid and how there was potentially load shedding in New South Wales and Queensland due to various different energy demand situations and production. But if we were able to, if every business and every office space, like your school, for example, if you were driving an electric car and the school that you worked at, you know, had 10 bays for teachers to be able to park it, um, you know, go in to going to work, plug it in yeah. by, by, let's say after the first period, you've got a break, you just go and unplug and move your car type of thing. And then you're leaving school at hundred percent. You get home, you get back to school the following day, you might be at 70%, plug it in for an hour or so, an hour and a half, and then you're back up to hundred percent and you're doing it while the sun is shining. They've got to have solar and the rest as well. So ultimately that will reduce the demand and the grid will, the grid is fine. There's nothing, no issues with the grid itself. But charging infrastructure, there it's increasing, but I don't think it's really needed unless you're doing long long road trips. That's a good point. Um, speaking of those those cars that are that are that are, that are coming, you, you did mention the Hummer. That <laughs> it's such a contrast to how Hummer used to be. It was Hummer, Hummer was like a big middle finger kind of uh, salute to to everything. It was Morica, you know. It was uh, it was one of those you know big gas guzzling, as they would say in America, vehicles. Uh, now they've gone complete electric. That's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting car. I'm interested to see what that is and, and to see if we, I mean, I don't think we'd get it here, but you never know if the Chinese market are just, if the Chinese are kind of, you know, beating everybody to the punch. Well, you know, I guess it's kind of their, uh, their, their game, but what else guys, what other cars are you guys thinking of um, that are going to be interesting or that you're looking forward to? Well, I was going to ask Riz, how you're just talking about the, f-150 lightning i heard silverado uh chev is releasing one as well around the same time correct uh yeah i believe there is a chev uh, yeah there is a silverado equivalent i forgot the name of it there's there's a few that are launching that i guess the challenge is going to be if everybody's launching the cars at the same time um there's only a limited amount of battery production and supply this is an interesting little statistic right 90% of all lithium used in batteries for electric vehicles is refined in China. So if everything is refined in China and the biggest battery manufacturers, the top, I think two out of three are Chinese. So CATL, which is the biggest um, battery sort of manufacturer, they're Chinese. I think BYD is number two or number three. So BYD is not only a car company, they're originally a battery company. So if Ford, GM, and these guys don't do partnerships with, you know, LG, CATL, and everyone else, they're going to struggle to be able to make the youths because unlike this parts shortage that they have, they won't have batteries to propel the vehicles. It's like having, not having enough engines. Interesting. it, that's going to be a, an, an interesting sort of thing to watch over the coming coming sort of years. Um, one thing, actually, I forgot to mention earlier, Lotus. Uh, I, I, I went to their 
dealership here in Melbourne. And basically they're sort of selling the last of the Elise that's around before they're moving to somewhat electric as well. They've got a new Lotus with an electric SUV. No, uh, Lotus isn't yeah. doing that. They're not doing I, an electric SUV. Surely not. Lotus think, is all about like lightness and sports cars. I think it's called Lotus Electra. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. Podcast is over, guys. That's it. <laughs> it's I, I can't. Lotus was my like last hope because they've always been sports cars, and now it's just like, oh. But continue, Riz. Continue. Sorry. So, so that was that was surprising. You know, even Ferrari announced that they're going to go electric this earlier this week or whatever it is. It's fine to go electric, but I guess the. The key is if you lose your heritage, like Lotus with the Electra, which they have because it's, it's an SUV. That's the reason why. Yeah. And you know, it's it's like the Rolls Royces, right? A couple of years ago, what mm-hmm. what Rolls Royce did, the Cullinan, and, yeah. And and everyone's just yeah, even it's just not nobody's true to what they were like. Porsche, they're surviving because of the McCann and the Cayennes and the rest. So it's interesting times, but yeah, Lotus was another. I'm not looking forward to this car, Maddie, but it's just goes to show where things are heading. Well, speaking of Lotus, there's um, talk about them working with Toyota for a new MR2, mm. um, which is which is quite exciting. Um, it could be possibly an electric car. Watch that space because that that'll that'll be exciting. It kind of be like how Twitter and, and Lotus actually worked on for the first generation MR2. They do this for the second one. That'd be really, really cool. Uh, I'd be, I'd be cool to see that. I reckon that'd be like, even if that comes as a, as a, uh, as a um, electric car, that wouldn't bother me, but as long as it's a sports car, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool. Mm. Actually, what could be interesting is um, Ford are looking at bringing a hybrid Mustang. So a combination of V8 electric. That would be interesting. So mm. the front wheels be driven by electric motors. And still having a, a V8 driving it. Awesome. So that's talk, and then, and it's coming out next year, apparently. Is that coming on, on the new shape Mustang, or is that? S, yeah, the 650, yeah. I think it's called, going to be called. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that yeah, is kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And it, apparently, it's the same platform as the Lincolns and a few other cars. So there's a new platform that they're building. Okay. On. Cool. That'll, that'll be cool. Because, like, uh, Lexus do V8s and hybrids together, so I, I don't see why. Yeah, I mean it's probably the only way to keep the the, the next generation of V8s going, which will be, mm. which will be good. Rob, any other ones beside the Mustang? Are you looking forward to? Um, no, maybe the Mark. No, not really. I can't think of any cars. But um, uh, yeah, it's just I think they're taking their time, aren't they? They really drag it out with all their releases um, over the last few years, don't they? They really have what, like, they just keep on, it's coming, it's coming, you know, all the hype build up, and it's just taking forever. The, the, you know, the, the Datsuns, uh, you know, the Everest, and, the, you know, the, the Rangers, and, and, and a whole lot of these new cars. It's just been, yeah. like, they, they seem to be coming forever. So yeah. I, I think uh, this is where the... Rob, you're spot on. I think this is where the Chinese are just going to basically kill the market because mm. the rate at which they're releasing new models, and it's not even like BYD, they launched, let's say, an equivalent to a Model 3. 
Mm. Uh, they call it the BYD seal. And this thing, they reckon that within six hours, they had to stop taking orders. They had 22,000 pre-orders. Wait, what? 22,000 pre-orders on this vehicle called the BYD seal. Mm. Now, it's a, it's a sedan. It's not even an SUV, right? So they had to stop taking orders. So they only unveiled it, I think, probably less than four weeks ago. It's being produced in June. There you go. The rate at which that these guys are re- like launching and producing cars, you know, they, they will probably roll out like five models in the time that, you know, one of the traditional manufacturers unveils a model and yep. then produces the first sort of production model out off the production line. Yep. The other car too, I would have loved to have seen in the country is Rivian, but that's mm. not going to happen. So I, I can't see it happening in the near future, maybe in maybe four or five years' time when they get their act together. And the, the, they've got the Mac-E out in, in England in right-hand drive, but they're not bringing it to Australia. Mustang Marquis has uh, stopped taking all orders, Ford has. Okay. Uh, there is two things. One is that they can't supply for the rest of the year. Uh, they had the same dramas in China, and now they've stopped taking orders in the U.S. for the rest of the year. And the other thing they've got is they've got a recall at the moment, which they don't know how to fix. So last week they've said they've had an issue with the – I can't remember what it was, but basically uh, they've told the owners, sorry, we don't have a fix yet, but if you're really concerned, talk to your Ford dealer. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so they're making the Mackey in China now. I, I believe they are for the There's Chinese market. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, well, mine was the same that was already mentioned, the new Corolla, the GR. Um, I'm hoping the sedan version will come out at some point, whether it's going to be based on a Camry or something else. That'll be pretty cool in the GR spec. Um, that's still a bit far in the future. If you've got loaded pockets, then... I'm not sure if you saw the new ProDrive P25 that was revealed. I did see that. That was sick. Tribute to the 22B. Um, That looks pretty awesome. Probably not at $800,000. No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Still pretty cool nonetheless. Fan of that one. Uh, Still obviously the 400Z whenever that decides to come out. Looking forward to see how that goes and what they do with it, especially the tuning companies when they get a hold of that one. Yeah. Looking forward to the GR, the new GR86 as well, GT86, whenever that decides to come out. I think that's been pushed back to the end of the year now. Um, the BRZ version, that's still on track, but right, yeah. the GR version has been pushed back. Can I ask a question um, before you continue, Scotty? I just want to ask a question. Why do we get cars so much later than everybody else? Like the, the 86 or the new GR86 has been out in the U, in, in America for like ages now. Um, you know, everything else comes out everywhere else way quicker. What, why is, why is it because we're so far away? Is it because our market's not demanding, but we've got, we've got waiting orders lasting 12 months. You know, I, I was looking at the Toyota's latest, um, you know, orders and it's just like some cars are like four years away, you know, and, and mm. I don't understand why we have to, why we are like a country that always, um, you know, gets everything gets everything last. Like, because you know, if you're waiting for a Rav4 hybrid for 18 months and you want to try buy, find something else that's a bit newer, but it's overseas and we're not getting it until until you know, till that till the Rav4 comes anyway. So it kind of makes no sense. It's like, 
why do we get our cars so late? Mm. I think partially with the way things have been going, partially it's to do with we have no fuel emission standards. So basically, the car companies can dump as many cars as they want into this country without getting sort of any disincentive from the government. So there's no incentive for them to bring new cars into the country because they can sell anything that they want. We just insane that, aren't they? Yeah, I'm looking at upgrading our um, refineries so we get high quality fuel so they can actually bring in the cars. Could possibly be the case. Yeah, I, mean, last... I, heard, I heard that rumor that they're going to actually upgrade the fuel. Well, with our last energy minister that we had, when we, when we realized we didn't have 30 days or whatever worth of fuel in the country, uh, they decided to build the uh, backup reservation sort of tanks in the US. So if that's our backup in the US, it beats the purpose of um, ha- having it as a backup. Um, who knows what what happens with what they do in Canberra? I mean, only only Dr. Alamdeep knows that. <laughs> but apart from that, I think that you know, if if we get if we have some standards, then the manufacturers are forced to bring new vehicles. But also, it could be that maybe it's our market is just not big enough. We'll put it this way: the four hundred uh, or the new Z, I should say. In America, has already got press cars there. The, all, the, all the embargoes are over with them. People are driving them around. And we've got, had nothing here yet. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's considering we had so many orders for it, you'd think they'd be like, well, you know what? Go have a look. But I guess I guess not. Sorry, Scotty, uh, your next car that you're saying, I didn't mean to interrupt earlier. I just think that we're just on the bottom. They just don't really care. Mm. We're just so far away. <laughs> yeah. We're too far away. Costs more in shipping. I, I don't know. I'm, it's not. I guess it's not just cars. It's many, many things we either miss out on, or it ends up costing more here, especially electronics and things like that. We're I think just, it's our regulations too, Scotty. Um, there's a yeah. lot of design regulations that they need to meet specifically for Australia and nowhere else in the world. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So even though the fuel emissions <laughs> they don't care about, but when it comes to the way your headlights are set up, or you know, mm. if you haven't got a so-called five-star or four-star rating, it's hard to bring a new car in now. I think it has to have a certain rating. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, and one, one, one other point sort of around, I think the people um, that are in the Australian divisions of most of these companies need a bit of a shake-up. Mm. Like, like Nissan, for example, like you could do so much better in communicating what's happening with the orders or what's happening just in general with your product launches. What are you thinking? Get, get community or your potential customers engaged and involved in the decisions. What should go into this, these products that are brought into the country, you know, all of that sort of stuff, but there's never any consultation with the customers. Half the products that get launched just don't even have the features like the high-end Ionic five, they're literally dribbling little, little bits out in their different, they've had like, I think four or five different um, l- like launch events where they release like 80 or hundred cars and everybody sort of, you know, tries to get in as early as possible on the website to get in. And then we're missing like quite a few important features, like even app control and some of the things like heat pumps that, you know, the heat for the heating system, 
that they get in South Korea, we don't get here. So like, who makes these decisions? Why don't they listen to like, they think Australians don't want any of that stuff. Which, which is weird because like looking at, for example, the Fiesta ST, I'm not meaning to go back on my car, but they don't sell a normal Fiesta or Focus anymore. They just sell, you know, the hot hatch variant of that car. Um, and I asked them, I'm like, why does this car, you know, remember when we asked them, it was like, why is this car? Oh, Cause it's for the fans. Cause, cause we need to give them some, something to, something to enjoy, which, which is kind of cool. But at the, in the same token, I'm just like, well, you know, it, it's not a big seller. I don't know why they sell it yet. We can't, you know, but other cars that people do want, we don't get, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a weird catch 22, how like they decided, well, well, we'll give you the SDST Fiesta, but we won't give you the marquee, which is, which is, you know, like a, um, you know, a car that's inverted commas, you know, supposed to be, you know, a, a saving car, world saving car. So it's just weird how they work. Like, I don't know. I don't understand that. And, and I mean, Ed would probably have better insights because yeah. he, he worked at, he worked at, at a car dealership himself. Like, and he, he'd know what would be coming and, and what wouldn't come. But did you find that when you're working at Beamer, like Ed, Ed, would, would you get people coming and say, Hey, the new M2 competition, uh, I really want one. Do you know if we're getting it? And you'd be like, well, maybe, but mm-hmm. can't guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. It was, there's a lot of pressures up the line, you know? So our market is relatively small. If you look at the slice of pie that we occupy worldwide, we're, we're a pretty thin little slice. So, um, you know, if something like an M2 competition pack where there might be a limited number, they're going to end up in America and Europe and, you know, other places before they end up with us. So then you say, okay, say we get 40 cars, you know, out of a production run of 400, you know, then you've got 42 BMW dealers and they all want a piece of that action and the bigger Metro dealers will get a few more and the country ones might get one or two. And so, you know, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's hard to campaign for more in a market like ours. That's so small. And the reason, you know, getting back to that other point that a lot of cars don't come here is because they're, they're better utilized elsewhere in the world. Like, like Riz was saying, we don't have the emission or Rob might have been, we don't have the emissions targets that Europe has. So if you're Volkswagen producing an ID three and an ID four pure electric car, you know, where are you going to send them? You're not going to send them to Australia. There's massive demand in Europe. You've got, you've got um, a lot of restrictions to meet there. That's where those cars are going to go. So it's not that Volkswagen Australia in that example, don't want the car here. They would love to have it here. They know they would sell it, but it's like, okay, if we can only produce so many, where are we as a global company better off sending them to Europe? Yeah, that's a fair so, point. So, yeah, it's not that um, it's not that it's not that car companies here don't want stuff. It's that they're facing global battles with their head office parent companies, and they're the ones who hold the purse strings and you know mm-hmm. call the shots. They'll decide globally where where these these things go. So Riz is a bit right. Like we are a bit of a a bit of a dumping ground. Um, in that sense, and we're going to become, especially with faulty diesel particulate filters from Toyotas. Oh, yeah. Well, see that? There was a class action on that when the yeah, Hyundai came yeah. out, you know, and they had a lot of issues with that. And now it's reared its head again with the recall. two billion they got. Fine. Is, is is that sort of set, Rob? Like, is that what they're the, sort uh, of? They're trying to, I, I think, um, contest it, but I believe it's been handed down. So. Jeez, did did Vox? I, I was surprised we didn't bring this up earlier. But did did Volkswagen like how much did that? It was four hundred odd million. Yeah, four yeah billion. Uh, in Australia, not here, um, but I, I think overseas. And and then Ford with their power shift that was a ten million dollar yeah 
geez, this is definitely the biggest. Well, that's why they're they're probably not bringing cars in. They can't afford to. (laughs) (laughs) What are they doing when they recall all these Toyotas? Are they replacing it with a modified DPF? Is that what's happening? I don't believe so. I think they're just going to pay them out $10,500 each and deal with it yourself. Right. Mm, well, what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to just get just remove them, um, mm. and then they're going to pay a massive like hundred thousand dollar fine in in uh, removing the DPF um, uh, out of the exhaust. So it, it's not. It's I guess it's probably the only way it's going to work. Mitsubishi Pajero, doesn't matter. No worries. <laughs> yeah. mm. no, there, no. there was an article the other day um, that said um, you know it was campaigning for to bring back the Pajero. Like Mitsubishi turned off the tap at the wrong time. Had they? Had they kept the factory going, which now makes toilet paper, incidentally, oh. <laughs> the factory where Pajeros were manufactured it has been recommissioned into a toilet paper factory. Um, but had they kept the Pajero going, it would it would have sold brilliantly in this day and age of Land Cruisers and patrols, you know, flying oh. shelves. Well, it's like I can't I can't get over how expensive like the the like a, a patrol and a Land Cruiser is these days. Like they they're just stupid money. Like like. Wow, why would you spend that much money? Yeah, I see someone in a Bentley Bentay or Rolls Royce <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, you got a bit of coin. I see someone in a new 300 Sahara. and I'm like, bam, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like I said, I went down the highway and it's amazing how many new Land Cruisers you see on the highway. It's mm-hmm. brand new ones, mm-hmm. wow. brand spankers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, I've seen a few. Mm. Well, it's a again when you have money. <laughs> well, I think I think the 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 amount of land cruisers that have been purchased historically in the last twelve to twenty four months, I think that's about to decline as uh, people's home values start to come down. Uh, mm. So all the baby boomers and everyone else that uh, had that, they may be a bit more cautious. They may be stocking up on toilet paper made out of Pajero factories. Mm. <laughs> um, that's a safer investment option than a Land Cruiser moving forward. Everyone needs to go to the loo, Riz. That's true. It's oh, true. Yeah. The best. Oh, jeez. Well, it is what it is with with that. But uh, Riz, well, you know you need to go. Um, I, I do. Go. Thanks, Heath, for having me on, gents, and I'll fill you in at what happens at this. Uh, this event up up north and um i mean i won't come back any more tanned than i am so <laughs> you might leave come it back that. with covid though rizzy you you never know might either that or i might just palaché myself you never know <laughs> All right, I, was gonna, I was gonna say rizzy before you go one one of the cars that we discussed tonight which one which one would you go for um out of the ones odd oh, to to purchase to purchase yeah if you with your own money your own hard earned what would you go for um i think value for money it would have to be the the nissan sakura yeah i think that's a great option so um but as as a backup i think the byds are going to be um a bit of a game changer in australia if they land that car and they can get enough supply for under 50,000 for an electric SUV that does, I think the claim range is around 480, but it would do 420 to 450. So that's, and it's for a ground up electric car. I think I'll, I'll look forward to test driving and just to see what it's like. But I think that's the future of Australia is basically 
Chinese cars. Yeah, because it's the only people giving us cars at the moment. So, yep. So, ni hao ma. <laughs> all, all right. See all you guys. All right. Let's take care, man. Let's do the quiz. But before we get to the quiz, guys, uh, you have to you have got to pick one of the cars we discussed today. What, what are you going for? K car. K car. The, uh, the Sakura. Sakura. Hi. Uh, Scotty? Nissan Zed. Zed. Um, Mr. Rob? Um. But I don't know. I got no idea. If, if the lightning came here, I'd buy lightning if it was affordable. Yeah, yeah, lightning. Yeah, I'm going Corolla GR. Well, it is the quiz time, guys. Ten questions plus the bonus questions. You know the rules. Buzz in with your name. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, let's get on. Let's get on into it. Question one. What was the first card the Australian Prime Minister received? Rob. Rob. Was it an FJ? Incorrect. The first Australian, uh, so what was the first car the, the Australian Prime Minister received? Like the first car an Australian Prime Minister received as a Prime Minister's car? Scott. Scott. Kingswood? Incorrect. What did, uh, what did you say, Rob? The I said F- an FJ. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Ed. Ed. FX Holden. No, you're all wrong. It's a, it was a Renault, a HP Renault in 1910. That was the first Wow. Car, okay. Uh, okay. Bonus question. What is the current Prime Minister's car? Rob. 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 It's a 7 Series BMW. It is a 7 Series BMW. Well done, Rob. Bonus, bonus question. Now, how much did the 7 Series cost? Remember, this is a special order with all like you know, protection and, and bomb-proof yeah, stuff. An armored, armored car. So how much Scott. is it, Scott? I'm going to say like 280 280. I'll, I'll, we'll, get, we'll get closest to. So 280 says Scotty. Rob. Rob. I reckon closer to a mil. Million says uh, Mr. Rob. I'm going to say 550. $500,000 is what it cost. Wow. So Edward gets the chocolates. Well done. Mm-hmm. Question two. The Mustang SVO was the, was the first turbocharged Mustang. What engine size did it have in litres? Ed. Ed. Five liter. Incorrect. Rob. Scott got in the next. Yeah, Scotty and then Rob. Was it a three liter? No, incorrect. Um, incorrect, Rob. Uh, oh. Scotty. Two liters. Oh, you're close. It was a 2.3. So, ah, awesome. like the current turbo Mustang, 2.3 liters, the original Mustang was a 2.3 liter four cylinder. Wow. I remember it was four cylinder, I thought it was two, but it's a bit bigger. Yeah. Uh, question three the new Nissan Z or Z or Z wherever you're from is known to have a unique gauge about its turbochargers what does it show Ed Ed turbocharger temperature incorrect Rob, Rob. boost uh, what was that Rob you was it a boost that. showing a boost mm, there is a boost gauge but that's not the unique gauge that this car has Scott Scott does it tell you the revs that the turbo is doing spinning? Yeah, turbo speed. I'll pay that. Well done. Turbo speed. Uh, score that. check, guys. Currently all one apiece. Question four. The current Toyota Camry has an engine size of what in Australia? Ed. Ed. 2.5 liters? 2.5 is correct. Well done. Question five. Cars get used in the media all the time. However, the car that has had the most appearances in TV and in film is the what? 
Scott. Robert. Scott got in there. It's the suburban. Incorrect. Ah, uh, what? Rob was next. I would say the Mustang. Incorrect. But you're kidding. I thought we had this question not that long ago, and I thought it was like what Scotty said, an American. Yeah, I thought it was a Chevy Suburban. Yeah, in 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 the in movies, that yeah. was that was the answer. But this is in TV and and film. What has made the TV most and, TV and film combined? Oh, Ed, like a New York taxi. Oh, Crown Victoria. Crown Victoria is correct, Edward. Well done. Okay. Uh, uh, bonus question: Whoever gets it closest to it will get the chocolates. How many? Appearances has the Crown Vic had across film and television? Oh my god, it'd be like billions. Yeah, exactly right. So I want the closest two, gentlemen. Two billion appearances. <laughs> two billion, uh, says says Ed, which is so far off. It's not funny, but anyway, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll put that in there. I'll say hundred thousand. Hundred thousand says Rob. Um, five hundred million. <laughs> 500 mil um well the closest person to it is rob with 6874 total appearances across 335 pieces of media so just a little bit i'm off. pretty sure i just watched one cop show and it had at least 200,000 crown vicks driving around <laughs> yeah Sure. Hubcaps that spin off at every opportunity. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. Oh, that's yeah. So you're only off, um, gentlemen, by you know, I mean, Edward's off by like 94,000. You're off by 94,000. Uh, Ed's off by like 1.95 million, uh, so billion. Uh, <laughs> so and Scotty's uh, well, well over as well. So yeah, that's that's how many appearances it has had in over 70,000 pieces of media. Question six. Lego, the company that makes toys, had to recall its McLaren F1 Technic car earlier this year. For what reason? I don't know. I'll just take a stab in the dark. Stab its the dark. wheels were square. <laughs> Incorrect. I'd love to give you that answer, Rob, but, but I, I can't give it to you. Oh. Uh, it's not performing where it should be. <laughs> What's Formula One? You'll get that at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great, uh, great uh, use of the, the the Formula One terminology there, uh, Mister Mister Scotty Doe. But that is in, incorrect. Edward, floor is yours. Um, it was the wrong decals or something. Oh, I can't give it to you. I can't give it to you. You're very close. Actually, you and Rob were very close. It was uh, it used the Pirelli logo on their tires without their permission, and Pirelli cra Pirelli cracked it. Uh, that's so the wrong decal. It's wrong decal. That's that. Yeah. All right. I'll pay it. I'll pay it. That, that's that's fair. That's that's a that's a fair thing. I'll pay that actually. So yeah, and now those ones are worth quite a bit of money. <laughs> so people are like, I'm not returning it. It's got Pirelli on them. I want to keep it. Yeah. What car am I? Question seven. <clears throat> I am a two-door front-engine all-wheel drive or front-wheel drive GT Tourer made from 1990 to the year 2000. This 2 plus 2 utilized a V6 engine with either twin turbocharging or non or naturally aspiration. Active aero, four-wheel steering, and oh. adaptive Scott. 
the Mitsubishi 3000 GT. Absolutely, Scotty. Well yeah. done. Nice. Um, bonus question. What was the car, what was the other name it had under a different company? Oh, shit. Don't know. Wasn't a Calibra, was it? No, incorrect. Well, they made something like that. Yeah, don't know. Hmm. I'm not quite sure. Think of an American company and who they were intertwined with at the time. That might be a, a bonus. Daimler. Dodge. Oh, you've already given an answer. Can't give you the point. Dodge Viper. No, not the Dodge, uh, Dodge Viper. It's, it's got 10 cylinders. It's, it's some sort of Dodge. But I, can't, I can't remember I'll why. tell you what, Rob. I'll give you a point five. It is some sort of Dodge. Um, the name was the Dodge Stealth. It was a Dodge Stealth. Okay. That they, that oh, they no, I hadn't heard of that, actually. Very no. close to the Viper. <laughs> <laughs> Question eight. The band Client Liaison are well known for their choice in cars. They've got, a quite, they've got quite an acquired taste. They have a W126 Mercedes limousine, which they made a song for called uh, Off-White Limousine. However, they also have another car that is seen in many of their film clips. What is it? Ed. Ed. A BMW 5 Series. Incorrect. Good guess, though. But incorrect. Rob. Rob. G-Wagon. G-Wagon. Everything's got a G-Wagon in it. I want every video clip. <laughs> it does, but that's not the car. Uh, it's a great, that is a great guess because like, all, all, everyone's like, I'll rock my G-Wagon. So that, that, that's, kind of, uh, that's kind of where it yeah. is, but it's incorrect. Scotty? Uh, it's a car. I'll, I'll give you a hint, Scotty, because because I, I want you to to be to be back in the game. It's a Japanese car. <laughs> oh, doesn't help that much. No, it doesn't. Uh, but... NSX. No, incorrect. Toyota Sora Twin Turbo. That, that, that's that's their their other other car that they use in their film clip. Question nine. Prince made the Skyline originally. However, they also made another car that Nissan has used their name afterwards. What is it called? Oh, um, yeah, the Prince Skyline. And the... Oh, Ed? Ed? Gloria? Gloria is absolutely correct. Well done. Ooh, good one. Question 10. <clears throat> what company fitted the first airbags ever to a car? Ed. Ed got in there just... I think it was mercedes-benz incorrect okay they patented it probably <laughs> uh scotty or, or um rob rob, uh, rob volvo incorrect good guess but incorrect oh um well then i will go with volkswagen incorrect it was in the early they, 1970s they make anything decent let alone an airbag <laughs> It was uh, yeah, they, they owned everything, so I thought they'd go, ooh, that's good. <laughs> in the early 1970s, General Motors began offering their cars equipped with airbags, initially in government fleet purchased 1973 Chevrolet Impala sedans. There you go. Uh, were, weren't they killing people because um, they didn't have to wear seatbelts? Mm. Probably. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> there'd be they'd be in a car accident and they'd, they'd kneel over and the airbag would probably... Yeah. Their heads off. Yeah. Ripped their heads oh, off yeah. Damage. Um, so yeah, that is, but I, I read a bit of a thing about that and they tested an airbag out of one of those cars 
uh, about 10 or so years ago and it still worked flawlessly. So apparently whatever they were doing, Takara needs to to learn how to do because they still managed to work. Dynamite. Listen, no shrapnel. No shrapnel. No shrapnel, but it, it was still it was still working. Uh, that is the quiz, gentlemen. Score check. Scotty two, Rob two and a half. Edward on five is your winner. Well done, Edward. Well, yay. Hey. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, well some, done, Ed. Some some toughies in there tonight, gentlemen. Toughies in there tonight, but uh, um, yeah, well, well done to you, Eduardo. Edward, give me your show a plug. Oh yes, if you'd like to watch slash or listen to more automotive content, you can visit Auto Retro Podcast and hear stories from people about the cars of their lives. And we've even on the YouTube. Uh, manage now to splice in many images so you can watch and uh, see the cars that we're talking about without having to Google it afterwards. Uh, Rob's firefighting, uh, electrical, mechanical, bodyworks, and what else? I guess uh, I guess um, man caves as well. Is that now? Now their new man cave. Yeah, like... new man cave happening. So yeah, that'd be great. So Rob, looking forward to that. Can I ask, Rob, how big is the man cave in square metres? Oh, it's not that big. It's only 250 square metres. Yeah, well, that's decent. Yeah. That's yeah. that's 12 cars. Yeah, but the way it's designed, unfortunately, it'll only fit four cars in the main loading dock area. I could squeeze a couple of extra cars in, but there's only like a 2.3 metre doorway, so it's real tight to fit the cars through. Mm. I've got to put them on dollies and swivel it around from the loading dock to get them in there. Shape is important because I looked at a factory a year or so ago and it was really long and narrow. So the square meterage was actually similar to that, like not bad. But I thought you've got to move eight cars to get one out at the back. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work shape-wise, you know. Yeah, so I've got a loading dock where I can fit four cars in and, so you can, and it's a double loading dock roller door so you can just take them in and out either side. That's good. And, but there's a staircase right in the side of that. So that's what blocks off the rest of the space. Then you've got an office, kitchenette, toilets, yeah, yeah. all the other stuff that takes up all the space. Yeah. But it'd be great, great man cave. We'll have the big screen TV up there and yeah. you know, have a couple of um, old school um, pinball tables or pinball oh, machines cool. or stuff like that in there. So that, that's the goal. That's I the look goal. forward to a summer beer there. Well, yeah, absolutely. We've got the courtyard. I've got to clean that up a little bit and have the barbie out there. And mm. it should be good. should be good. I'm looking forward to it. So I started moving a the, the couple of cars down there. I've got three cars uh, in there at the moment. But um, I'll eventually move down, uh, move the XR6 down there and the, the SEC down there and so on and so on. So I've got a few more cars to get rid of because I bought a new car as well. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh. I've uh, be- become part of the... Um, the YouTube sensation, you know, van life. I bought a van. It's a van. It's, so I bought a, believe it or not, I don't know why, but been looking around and I didn't know what to buy. And I, was, I didn't want to spend too much money and I was humming and hurrying. and I went to a few auctions and the, the cars are selling for stupid money at the auctions, like 35, 40 grand for a sprinter. Yeah. And a new sprinter costs like 80, 90 grand. And I'm going, oh, what do I do? And I want something reliable because I want to travel a bit and do it up and, you know, and deck it out as a van so I can sleep in it and whatnot. Yeah. Looked at Jayco ones. They've gone from 90000 for a Renault now to 125000 150 for a Sprinter again. Um, so stupid money. So looking at all the features and looking at all the different vans, and you know what I come back to, and as much as I hate myself for it, I bought a Ford Transit. <laughs> 
<laughs> you've yeah. got a transit i bought a transit the transit believe it or not it's got heated seats adaptive cruise control um blind spot monitoring anti-sway uh, for towing uh wind um uh, compensation when a gust of wind hits it it'll actually allow for it um it's got everything in it all the whistles and bells as much as a mercedes has for f- basically it's 55,000 plus on road so we ended up costing about 64,000 dollars that's actually pretty good not bad for a this is an extra long wall base extra high roof um the van with basically like i said with all the uh, it's got sync 4 in it big screen like i said blind spot monitoring lane keep assist adaptive cruise control it's got everything you name it and, and in the back, is it completely blank canvas? Completely blank ca- canvas, yeah. Okay, so you're going gonna to custom deck it out? I'll custom deck it out. What I, I've had a few ideas and I want it flexible, so I still want to use it as a van. So I don't, I'm not stuck just using it as a camper van. Mm. So I'll still deck it out, put the kitchenette in the front and, and a bench at the front with a table and whatnot, have a pull-out fridge and also, you know, have a little um, convection hot plate, microwave. Don't know about the shower. I might just have an external shower at this point, but I'm going to have the beds flip down and flip up at the back, oh, yeah. like like on those toy hauler caravans. Yeah. And that way it makes it more flexible and universal in that I could still put stuff in it, pick stuff up, put my motorbikes in it, yeah, use it. That's right. So it becomes a bit more, I suppose, versatile rather than just buying a specific camper van from a camper van supplier. And yeah. that's all you can use it for is a camper van. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, right. so, so I'm looking forward to that. 12-month wait. Oh. When, did you, when did you order it? I ordered it about two weeks ago, so I've only got 11 months <laughs> and two weeks to go. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and they come in a new – because they only come in white or silver originally. Mm-hmm. But the new ones come in magnetic in the, in the grey. Grey, yeah. That'd be cool. So I've got the magnetic. I'm still debating that they offered me, you know, I'm really skeptical about all these, you know, you know, Ming protection and all that sort of stuff that they Don't want to throw in. Don't do it. <laughs> but they actually give you a lifetime warranty that the paint won't scratch or swirl if they if they ceramic coat it themselves. And if they do the ceramic coating, they throw in free window tinting. And it's thirteen hundred bucks. That's not that bad. That's actually not bad, yeah. And I'm going, oh, and it's a big van. Imagine trying to ceramic coat an entire van. I bet you they won't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're not going to do that. <laughs> but the magnetic grey is going to swirl up if you don't wash it properly. And you really need a foam, a foam cannon to wash your cars. And you need to sort of wash it without actually touching it with rags as dirty sponges. Yeah. Because that's what leaves all those swirl marks in the paintwork. So I'm sort of tossing up where I, I get the mint protection. Oh, sorry, the ceramic coat and the windows tinted, well, which they reckon they throw in. But I can get the windows tinted for about $200. But if I had to get the car ceramic coated properly, you're looking at two and a half grand. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. Anyway. Well, I'll, suss, I'll... suss out the uh, the the protection, like the, like the actual paint um, ceramic coating that they're using. Because um, some have got like, some can last longer, some are a bit cheaper. Lifetime warranty. That's actually really impressive if if that's the case. So depends what the lifetime is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But imagine trying to get anything out of Ford when you start complaining. <laughs> uh, well, Good mate, luck. Good um, luck on that one. 
I'm Matt. learning that. I'm learning that the hard way. Um, go straight to. Did they give you a number yet? Did you ring up Ford Australia? Yeah, yeah. I've got a case manager. And... You got a case manager number? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Good luck. To, good luck on that one again. Yeah. Yeah. As much yeah. luck as I had with my white one when that when I bought that smashed Mustang. Oh, that. that mm. Yeah, that was a bit of a uh, interesting story. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, mm. So no, I'm looking forward to it anyway. Even though it's a Ford. Uh, they're actually made in Turkey. Oh, they? Yep. And they're the number one selling car in Europe, apparently. What, transit? Transit. Oh, oh truck. Yeah, well, in Europe, the transit. Yeah. I'll, yeah. So transit. I'll give it a flight as a 12-month wait for them. England, you know, they love their transits. <clears throat> they do, yeah. They're very popular. But I mean, they're, they're pretty hard-wearing. And they, they, they seem to work. Now, what engine did you go for? Did you go for, the, like, the... It's the... Oh, I got the 10-speed auto. Yep. Yeah, and it's a... I believe it's a two-liter turbo, um, but the problem is, and I'm a bit disappointed about that. You got to use Ad Blue. Oh yeah, on them. Yeah, but I think a lot of those smaller turbo diesels in the vans all have Ad Blue anyway. So yeah, I don't think you get much of a choice. No, but um, th- that's exciting, the, man. Yeah, it's <clears throat> look. This is the interior. With it. This is the old smaller dash. All right, but it looks spectacular inside. Yeah, like I said, it's got everything. It's got Sync Four. Um, it's got you know Apple CarPlay, Android. You name it, it's got it. Yeah. So no, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to having a this behemoth, this monster sitting <laughs> in the front driveway, taking up my whole driveway. driveway. I might have to cut my tree down to get it in. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to see so you don't scratch a ceramic coat. Exactly. Yeah. So. But fitting it out is going to be, I think, the fun part too. I'm, I'm really, I've got some great yeah. ideas. That, that a lot of the Americans are actually using this um, extruded aluminium frame to do all the beds and, and joinery with, and even the, sh- uh, the shower frames that say a, like a one-inch extrusion with a whole lot of T-slots and mm-hmm. everything just bolts together. Um, and it's real lightweight, and you can buy it here in Australia as well, so you can actually get it. Yeah. And so a lot of people are actually doing up their vans with this aluminium. I like a van. I, I think I think they're I think they're really cool. I think it's cool as a, as a blank canvas. Ed, you need to do this to the Tarago, mate. You need to have a shower in there. You know, oh, I've got a bed in the back that folds down to a bed. You just need <laughs> to get a van, man. Then you can join, uh, you know, uh, Rob and I for van life trips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hashtag van life. I'm definitely keen. Uh, that's exciting, mate. I'm, I'm be keen to see it in about a year's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a whole year away, but it's 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 a year closer to my retirement. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I like it, mate. I like it. Yeah, well, give me time to save up the money for it too, so at least I can. Rather, I won't need to borrow for it. Hopefully, I'll have enough cash to pay for it in cash. So, you got to sell the. Well, you got a T sixty, don't you? I sold it. Oh, you sold it. Okay. Yeah. So. My mate was gonna we're gonna do a, basically said, look, sell your T60. I've got a brand new one. Like it's it had similar K's on it. it actually had four thousand more K's on it. But it was a top of the range T60. He goes, whatever you get for yours, I'll, I'll sell you mine for the same price. You sell oh, yours for. But his was a top of range. One was a base model. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, why not? I'll see how it go. Anyway, I advertised it for uh, thirty six and a half, mm-hmm. and I got thirty six for it. Oh wow. I paid well. It actually, you ended up owing me thirty six with plus with on roads from when I bought it brand new. Because from the time I bought it, it cost me twenty 
5,000 plus GST plus on road. It ended up costing me about 31,000 on road. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, you made money on it. No, no, I didn't. Because by the time I put the, the roll bars on it, the rooftop tent, the awnings, and got it all decked out the way I wanted it, it ended up costing me 35, 36. Yeah. yeah. So this is about four grand worth of um, accessories. And I'll put the bigger tires on it $1,000 for tires, mm. 2000 for the roof bars and the rooftop tent. Mm. Uh, not to mention my, you know, another $1,300 for a tow bar, my time doing all the stuff. Yes. So I, I, I broke even on it. So oh, look, I was happy. I, I, even though I was sort of um, out of action for a, a month or two, um, I had it for eight months, um, put 8,000 Ks on it and sold it for the, what I paid for it and a little bit more. Even Stephen. Yeah. You can't complain for an LDV. No. It's, it was only an LDV. I wasn't really happy with the burgundy colour either. It's sort of that burnt red metallic. Mm. I really wanted a grey one or a white one or something like that, but I couldn't get one. The white ones look real nice, but I was um, I didn't have much of a choice when I bought it. They pretty much didn't have any new ones left in stock. Yeah. And the new ones, I had a look at the brand new LDVs. The new ones don't have adaptive headlights. Um, the headlights are down low in a bumper bar, so you can't put a bull bar on them. Um, they got rid of all the blind spot monitoring. All right. Because I reckon they'll... Uh, they're getting having too many um, too much trouble yeah. with them. Yeah. Um, so they got rid of a lot of stuff out of them, and and they cost more as well. Yeah. So that's why I didn't buy a new one at the time, and then there was another four month wait for a new one as well at the time. So anyway, so yeah, the van life. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'm not sure what sort of heater I'm going to put in. Where I'll put a diesel heater in it or a rooftop electric one. Um, maybe reverse cycle, which they don't use too much power these days, the rooftop ones. They're pretty good from what I've heard, yeah. Yeah, so, and that way they reverse cycle, so it's heating and cooling. Yeah. Um, so I'll, there's a bit of work then in the ventilation, the roof the, the roof fence and stuff like that. I'm going to have it pretty, I, try, I want to keep it fairly stealth. So if I park in a car park up the coast somewhere, I could probably live out of it for the, for the night without being picked up by the yeah. local Gestapo. <laughs> um, so that that's the goal is to keep it fairly plain, just tint yeah. to windows. If anything's going to go on a roof, look like a, a refrigerated van more so than a, anything else. Yeah, um, just put like a chuck old chicken sign on the side or something. Yeah, <laughs> courier on the side of the doors. Yeah, courier, <laughs> courier. As long as you don't, as long as you don't put free candy, that that's uh, free candy. Then you, you might you, you might you might be in trouble, <laughs> Mister Whippy. <laughs> yeah, so and that's the other thing too. It's got free seats in the front, which is great. So you can only take three people. It'd be nice to have a double bench seat at the back so you can actually um, do it. But then you need to get it complied and all that sort of stuff with ADR yeah. with the extra two seats. Yeah, but that'd be great to take five people, wouldn't it? Yeah, engineer certificate, get that. Yeah, I suppose it wouldn't be too hard, would it? No, no it's been done before. Yeah. You won't be the first. Someone else will have done it in one of those. Yeah. So that way, if you can take five passengers um, and sleep four singles, it was going to have single beds at the back that fold down. That And I've seen them with configurations that have two um, parallel and then one at right, uh, right angles to the other and then another one on top, top again. Yeah. So you got basically four beds um, in the back of the van. Um, so it's a lot of van life. Oh, it's van life. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm really 
sort of like keen on getting it to start fitting it out. I think I'm more excited about getting it fit out than actually getting the van itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see the appeal. Yeah. So it's good. It's good. That's awesome, mate. That's awesome. Like and share our Facebook page. It's Car Talk with Manny J T O R Q U E. If you missed any of our previous episodes, uh, you can check them out on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasting apps. And you can subscribe, rate, and review to us there. Check out our merch. Go to, go to teespring.com um, and type in Car Talk Storm. You'll see you'll find our stuff on there. You've got some real good merch that you can support the show with. Or if you go to our Patreon, become a patron to our Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash Car Talk Podcast and support the show there. Our boy Rizzy Ross. Uh, from from Carloop, go to carloop.com.au, find out what you should be paying for a new car. Also, everything you need to know in the EV space. He's your guy to hit up. He, he's, he knows what you should be paying and what's what's happening. He's also running for the Driven now. So uh, if you want to, any information, our boy Rizzy Ross is there. Scotty Snitches, anything to snitch on? No, I'm going out of business because of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll try break the, the, the one, two, four somehow and then I'll give you something to talk about next week. All right. Just, you know, plant your foot, put it into park, rev it, and then quickly slam it into D for drive. <laughs> Something will break. <laughs> It'll probably blow the car up. But that, but that's all, <laughs> all part of the all part of the fun. All right, gentlemen. Always an honor to work with you. Talk to you guys next week. Take okay, care. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.